Welcome to the Smart Weight Loss Coaching Podcast. I'm Dr. Lisa Olson, a board-certified weight loss medicine specialist and certified life coach. In this podcast, I'll share fresh insights and effective techniques for incorporating mindset, habit change, and proven science into your life. Are you ready to achieve sustainable weight loss, wellness, and longevity? Then let's jump in and lose weight the smart way. Happy New Year, Smarties. I'm coming to you from the loudest Airbnb in Miami, where I'm on vacation with my family. It's not quite my usual podcast recording studio, but I hope the acoustics will be reasonable. We are literally right under the flight path for the airport and on the 10th floor overlooking a busy and festive street. So please consider the honking and yelling you may hear in the background to be sounds of encouragement as we dive into a conversation about New Year's resolutions. When I think about my New Year's resolutions throughout my teen and adult years, I'm struck by how aggressive and unforgiving I was in my relentless pursuit of weight loss. My resolutions were punishing, all or none in nature, and left no room for partial credit or progress. There was always a finish line or a draconian goal. I'll lose 20 pounds by this date, or I'll work out seven days a week. I'll do at least an hour of cardio plus 15 minutes of resistance training every day. I won't eat any sweets. I'll quit soda. I'll go full-on vegan, and so on. The way I see it now, these intense and unforgiving resolutions set me up for failure because I failed to leave room to celebrate progress or effort. I'm talking to you high-achieving perfectionists out there, and I'm also speaking to those of you who may not even realize that you are perfectionists too. If you're someone who doesn't even try because you don't believe you can nail it, then this message is for you. The relentlessly high achievers and the quitters are simply different sides of the same perfectionist coin. The difference is that one is willing to try and one isn't, but both think anything short of perfection is a failure. Guess what? That's not me anymore. I've given up my perfectionist way of thinking, which has allowed me to be willing to try things and fail. Then I learn something from it and try again. A few months ago, I set up a flexible 30-day challenge for myself around the topic of sleep. Why sleep? Because the research tells us that quantity and quality of sleep impact weight, health, longevity, and even our risk for type 2 diabetes. At the time I started my 30-day challenge, I was probably getting about five hours of sleep during the week and maybe six or occasionally seven hours on the weekends. My 30-day challenge was simply to aim for an 11 p.m. bedtime, which would buy me a bit more than seven hours of sleep during the week and closer to eight hours on the weekends. Guess how I did? I'd say terrific, but not because I nailed it. In fact, I probably only hit my goal about 30% of the time. But what I noticed was that I also came close another 30% of the time, and by the end of the month, I was never staying up past midnight, something I couldn't have said about my bedtime in the prior months. 
I found that I felt so amazing with that extra sleep that without formally restarting the goal and tracking it for the next 30 days, I instinctively continued to pay attention to my bedtime. Now, a few months later, I often turn out the light between 10 and 11 p.m., and I still flip off the lights by midnight, as if I'm Cinderella, on the rare occasions when I stay up that late. Raising my awareness of what I was doing by tracking my bedtime progress every night is what led to improvement and ultimately continued progress. And this got me thinking about how we approach New Year's resolutions. What if instead of throwing one or more strict rules at ourselves, even the ever-popular SMART goals, what if we simply had a monthly theme and raised our awareness of this healthy theme for weight loss? Given that health has no finish line, other than death, I suppose, why not let go of the scale as anything other than a data point and instead work on the healthy habits that will slowly over the course of the year lead to better health with weight loss as a side benefit. Without the finish line of a number on the scale or a deadline, we reduce frustration and are less likely to give up on ourselves and throw in the towel when the scale hits a plateau or fails to move quickly enough. These are two things that I see happen all the time. To make monthly themes work, I'd suggest a calendar where you track not only your total wins, but your effort. For example, for my 30-day bedtime sleep challenge, I noted a star or a smiley face on the calendar when I went to sleep by 11. But I also gave myself a positive note on the calendar when I made an effort, even if I didn't nail it. There were nights when coaching myself to turn off the light by midnight was the victory because I know I could have stayed up much longer. So grab a planner, a calendar, or print out a paper that you keep posted to note both your wins and your daily effort. Reward those. And please, smarties, don't give yourself a frowny face on the days you don't try or nail your goal. That's the opposite of helpful. You don't see kindergarten teachers marking demerits or frowny faces on progress charts for a reason. We don't respond as well to that negative type of reinforcement. So what would you like to work on each month for the upcoming year? I have 12 themes to suggest based on what I see as the most helpful strategies for weight loss, but of course you should feel free to invent your own. Also, this list isn't all-inclusive or my podcast would be three hours long. In fact, it was running so long that I went ahead and stopped after six months of themes and we'll pick up the next six months with next week's part two of this episode. All right, let's jump in. Month one, rethink your drink. You've heard me say it before, what we drink is a major determinant of our weight. If you're drinking water, plain black coffee, or completely plain tea, meaning no flavors, sweeteners, or milk added, then you can skip ahead and create another theme. But for those of you consuming alcohol, sweetened beverages, Diet Coke, or even something that may seem healthy on first blush, like fresh squeezed juice or a smoothie, the theme of rethinking your drink is worth exploring. Nothing needs to be forbidden, but I would look closely at what you drink regularly versus what you drink for a special occasion. If you want to have one Diet Coke a month, for example, or to drink a few when you're on vacation, 
I see very little harm in that. Or a glass or two of wine on the weekend. Ditto a smoothie once or twice a month as a meal substitute or a healthy dessert. Pull out your calendar, describe what you'd like to drink more of, hopefully plain or sparkling water, and start tracking. Month two, label reading. This is one of my favorite things to recommend for a monthly challenge because it will lead to weight loss and it's so easy. All you need to do is commit to reading the ingredient label on every single thing you buy or eat that comes in a package. Why? In order to raise your awareness of the chemicals and ultra-processed ingredients you're consuming. But why does this matter? Well, all of the chemicals added to our food make us hungrier, cause weight gain, and increase the risk of other chronic diseases like type 2 diabetes and dementia. You might be surprised what you find when you read the ingredients in your cream cheese, your butter, your shelf-stable almond milk, or your sweets. Even if the label indicates that a food item contains less than 2% of carrageenan or maltodextrin or yellow dye, don't assume there's no impact on your weight. I don't think the theme of this month has to be anything more aggressive than inviting yourself to read those ingredient labels and get curious if those ingredients are what you really want to put into your body. My guess is that you'll organically start making swaps to avoid these toxic foods over time. Month three, increase your consumption of healthy fats, especially extra virgin olive oil and nuts. When you increase these two items, you're reducing your risk of cardiovascular disease. And if you're smart about your portion size of nuts, they'll help you with weight loss too. You may choose to increase other healthy fats like salmon, avocados, and seeds. Now track it on your monthly calendar every time you eat these items, or simply put a star or a smiley face on the day. Month four, increase your average number of plant-forward days. What does this mean? It's purposefully vague, which I know is the opposite of what we hear when it comes to setting SMART goals that extol the virtues of being specific. But what I'd like you to simply notice are the number of animal-based products you consume and see if you can make some plant-forward swaps. For example, if you typically eat eggs and bacon for breakfast on the weekend, how about swapping out steel-cut oats with berries and nuts? Both breakfasts have protein and other nutrients, but one is animal-based and the other is plant-based. Or perhaps you'll reduce the frequency of eggs and serve them with avocados, onions, tomatoes, and herbs. Increasing plants doesn't mean that animal products have to be forbidden. Really, I really mean that. But when you eat more beans, lentils, chickpeas, tofu, and of course, fruits and vegetables, you're increasing the nutrient density of your food, which is a win for your weight and your health. Put a smile on your calendar any day you made an effort to swap an animal-based food for a plant. Month five, let's turn our focus to movement. You were wondering when I'd get to this, right? Notice I don't use the term exercise necessarily. If you love to exercise, well, that's fantastic. Go for it. But for so many people, exercise is intimidating. And people can fall prey to an all-or-none mindset around movement. Taking a walk for 10 minutes 
counts as exercise. Lifting three or five pound weights for 10 minutes counts as exercise or movement. Doing some stretching or balancing on one foot while watching Netflix counts as exercise. We don't have to go to the gym or take an hour-long spin class to check that movement box on our calendar. Remember, the goal is to do something and let something be enough. If you push yourself and work up a sweat, then you're exercising with moderate, if not vigorous, intensity. But you don't have to start there. The most important progress is seen when people go from doing nothing to doing something. I read a report recently that fewer than 2% of Americans are aware of the national guidelines for exercise. Let's remedy that. The goals are pretty clear. We should be aiming for 150 minutes per week of moderate intensity exercise, such as brisk walking. You can cut that number in half if you do vigorous exercise. Although, as I said earlier, there's no reason to start there if that feels out of reach. The same article also published data showing that people are more likely to start exercising when we meet them where they are today. If you're doing very little movement or no deliberate exercise, simply standing more or getting up out of your chair more often is a reasonable place to start. And that effort is worthy of a smile on your monthly tracker. Again, start small Count your effort as a win and track the days when you do anything more than what you did last month. Lastly, try to make that one fun. Okay, month six, sleep. I already shared that my sleep improved vastly with the 30-day challenge, and it continues to improve without much extra effort on my part. Now that I learned how much better I feel when well-rested, I'm inherently interested in putting down my screens and turning out my light. There's excellent data that tells us consistent sleep patterns, quality of sleep, and getting enough sleep all contribute to better health, better food choices the next day, and better weight management. Here's one more nugget about sleep. People who sleep with a TV or light on don't get as much of the deep restorative sleep seen in those who make their bedroom dark, and that translates into a higher BMI. Okay, we're going to stop here for part one of our New Year's podcast, but tune in next week for part two. And before you leave, let's set your NBA, your next best action. Hopefully it's to create one or two or even all 12 of your monthly themes. You can get started right away. No one says you have to wait for this. If you'd like to dive deeper into weight loss, we've announced an extension of our holiday discount into the new year. Head over to smartweightlosscoaching.com and enter the coupon code HAPPYHOLIDAYS2023 in all caps to get into our group program before the code expires. Thanks so much for listening. If you'd like more support during your smart weight loss journey, check out our group coaching program at smartweightlosscoaching.com. Until next time, stay well and stay smart.